What's up guys, Mike Lewis here and welcome to the Mike Lewis Podcast. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lewis Official and you can follow me on Twitter at MikeLew52. It's where most of my updates come. If you're enjoying my content, give me a like and a subscribe. And without further ado, let's just dive right into this episode. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode, and allow me to introduce my guest. You might remember her from that show, Real World Seattle, Bad Blood. Anna, how are we doing today? Hi, good. How about yourself? Hanging in there, you know. It's uh, <laughs> old summer, nothing too uh, out of the ordinary, just, um, you know, living. And, um, yeah, how are, it's a pleasure meeting you. How are you doing? Um, you know, I say life, uh, and how am I doing? There's so many emotions. It's life yeah. is like a poster. You got to just <laughs> go along for the ride. How has, uh, this past year with all the crazy adjustments been for you? Um, you know, honestly, I really, I mean, adjustments. I was one of those people before that, you know, kind of self-isolated and, you know, was big on not saying social distancing, but after the real world, I went into, um, the field of genetics and within the field of genetics, you just are, you're working with doctor's offices. So I was in and out of doctor's offices all the time and just really aware, hyper aware of, you know, your exposure to bacteria and pathogens. So I was actually kind of excited that the rest of the world got the education on how really honestly gross that we live. So, <laughs> so, so you'd say you've been a bit of a homebody for a while? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and others would call me a party girl, but I really truly am a homebody at heart. Yeah, I definitely say that um, there's a lot of people that post coming out of COVID have uh, went from being a party person to then since becoming homebodies, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, during um, the pandemic, I don't even know if this is a good thing to say, um, but, it, you know, or the response that I'll get from it. But I, um, during COVID in Orlando, you know, our Orlando, the, the number two industry in Orlando is tourism. And we have an amazing, you know, community, um, music industry. And one of the things that um, I did was have, I call it a warehouse, you know, it's essentially what it was. But, you know, when the whole world would shut down, like we would have, you know, the same pretty much people, 250 people come together Friday and Saturday nights and, you know, keep the industry alive. And Orlando is like literally the top music industry in the country, if not the world at this moment in time. So, yeah. So what have you been up to these days? Um, uh, The current days are like what I do during the day is uh, I'm finishing up a a coding class that I took, um, getting certified in uh, data computational data analysis and visualization uh, at UCF. I finished next week. Uh, I went to school to learn um, how to code and build databases and pretty much conduct uh, social impact studies. Um, For the last year and a half, I've been working on putting together uh, an Opportunity Zone Fund. Uh, We are creating a space and a place for those with special needs, Down syndrome, autism, to be able to live, work, and thrive, um, integrate into our society. And um, my role was, you know, fundraising. And part of the fundraising was $70,000 for a social impact fund. And I just knew... You know, I went to school for sociology. Um, A lot of it, you know, sociology is the study of people and the construct of our society. So I needed, I could save us 70K by doing this social impact study ourselves. And also I knew moving forward um, with autism, a lot of um, everything is senses, uh, sensory environments, creating um, an environment where it's, have you ever heard of biofeedback? Basically, yeah. Um, So, you know, and a lot of this is data that we need to be able to study Um, I don't know if I mentioned on camera that, you know, I worked in the field of genetics. I I did, but like what, what my role was in genetics, um, was basically, uh, genetic testing. So with just like a cheek swab, you'd let somebody know how they metabolize their medications. And 
from there, I learned that, you know, people who are taking medications, it's a very small percentage of our population who's actually supposed to take medications. And before medications go to market, they go against um, the placebo effect. So a trial, the placebo, you know, trial effect, whatever. And um, 90% of the time, your body's natural healing process does a better job than the, the medication. And it's your body's natural ability to heal itself. And through that, it's your senses. So I knew in 90% of the illnesses that we experience in our environment are through our senses. 90% of the growth that we have are through um, our 90% of the, what did I say, our illnesses that we experience are through our environments, not through our senses, but it is, you know, perceived through our senses. You know, your body's, you're not, your, your skin is your body's largest organ. So your, your senses and, you know, your sight as in your vision, you know, your taste, your feeling, um, vibration. So creating these sensory environments were really important to me. And I know it's really, truly the only way that we can evolve as a society in order to be able to create our own environments. So I'm going to take a break. <laughs> that, that was, uh, you did a good job uh, in-depthly in explaining that. Um, seems like uh, you've been quite busy then the last, uh, however so long you've been up to this. To say the least, it's been, you know, ever since the real world, pretty much, you know, I was 27 when I got into genetics and I'm 30 now. Um, I want to say it's so almost four years. Mm -hmm. Wow. I want to shift now, though, into kind of uh, your time on TV. Let's but do I, it. Yeah, I want to ask about the casting process, obviously, mm -hmm. because we saw Katrina, who's your sister. Obviously, she started out on the uh, original group of people that was moving into the house. And then um, the whole theme of the show, which was Bad Blood, of course, um, you were labeled one of the Bad Bloods being brought in. And um, I'm curious how that process went for you, because... Usually your stereotypical real world season, you know, people send in auditions or show up to uh, open casting calls to try out. I'm curious how your process went since mm -hmm. you were brought in obviously later. Did you actively try out or did they, um, you know, seek you no. out? So what I will say is that I did like, you know, a lot of other people grew up watching the real world. And when I turned 26, which was that year, I remember telling myself aloud, like, you can't go on the real world anymore. And I literally remember that distinctly because I really just truly believe I've had every opportunity open and available to me. And it was for the first time in my life, you know, telling myself I couldn't do something. And, um, you know, I got a call. I was in Costa Rica at the time. And they said, you know, do you want to go on a TV show called Road Rules? And my sister was already in the real world casting process. I'll touch on how she got casted too. And, you know, so that's how the casting process was for me. I was called out of basically the middle of nowhere while I was in another country. Road Rules was, you know, a spinoff of real world where strangers traveled within a van and they competed. And, you know, I was literally in Costa Rica at the time, you know, and I was like, well, you know, I'll get paid to travel essentially. And, you know, I'm pretty athletic and I like a challenge. So I thought it would be okay. Um, you know, and then that's obviously not the case. Um, my sister, you know, she actually went to the open casting here in Orlando there was like 700 people there. She was like number 400 and she was literally just walking out. She was like, I'm not doing this. If you know Katrina, she does not have an ounce of patience in her body. And um, the casting director stopped and, you know, stopped her and was like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm leaving. And this is a lot. And they're like, we're going to start with you then. And she knew from the get-go that Katrina was cast. And I'm pretty sure that Katrina, we actually like were in the house and we're going back in the dates and figured out that Katrina was the first person that was casted for the real world. And I think that they wanted the close dynamic. Like they knew instantly after, you know, speaking to Katrina, you know, Katrina and I were... It, you know, growing up, we're, we're 14 months apart. So we're incredibly close. And as far as sisters, I don't think that you have, you know, as close as a sister dynamic that we had growing up. Um, and so when they said bad, you know, it wasn't like they were like, oh, we're casting for the bad blood. You know, it was basically the season was, was over. We're meeting with the producers as we're finished filming and they release us what the title of the show is going to be called. And I remember hearing it and I remember just being shocked and hurt and just thinking bad blood, you know, cause they tried to cast other people and like, you know, that were blood related, you know, Theo and Cass were cousins. And I think from there, you know, just whatever was available, whatever they thought would be the best TV and the character dynamics that they placed. But, you know, I know that they were actually seeking family members and, um, but Katrina and I were the only like siblings in the house. So, um, so that's, uh, I don't know, as far as the casting process, what, 
kind of got sidetracked there. So if you want to stop me and interject. So did you did you particularly try out at all, or did they just call you out of the blue? Uh, no, I did not try out. I mean, they wanted me. You know, Katrina, once they spoke with Katrina, they knew instantly that, you know, that she's not going on the show without anybody besides her sister. You know, she's in the relationship that we have is just, you know, I mean, we're extremely close. Uh, we were extremely close. You know, Katrina and I, and I mean, our relationship, especially on the real world too, afterwards, just amplified, you know, a lot of the issues that we had, the main one being, you know, our inability to communicate in a healthy way. And, um, and then also, um, Katrina and I are completely different when it comes to criticism, you know, for ourselves and from others. And I think when you're put on like a platform, like the real world, and you're subjected to the opinions of, you know, Blow Joe and Oklahoma, uh, you know, that bothered her. Somebody could r really, you know, say something mean to her and it would bug her all day long. You know, for me, I almost had fun with it. And, and for her, it was just not not the same. So would you say that you guys were at that time and period of time, you know, bad blood, so to speak, or like, did... I mean, you know, I wouldn't call ourselves bad blood, but the relationship that I have with my sister is completely different from the perception that she has of the relationship that we have. You know, I'm the older sister, so I always grew up with like a motherly instinct and role for Katrina. And, you know, our plan growing up was that I was going to stay home a year and, you know, wait for her to graduate high school and we'd go to college together. And it turned out that I graduated a year early. So she almost feels as if I like had abandoned her in a way. And, um, and I will say too, um, that Katrina almost has like a victim mentality. And I think that's because, you know, for her entire life, she's always had such a supportive family and that we've been there for her in, um, in every moment. So she's never really had to, you know, have like essentially like that growing up time that most of us experience. And to understand that it's not just the, you know, your world that, you know, and, and really, truly at the end of the day, all we have is ourselves. So I think it's, you know, and then after the world, it didn't get even, she just never had that time. Yeah. And I think like, when we think of the theme of that season and like what storylines really like translated in terms of like, you know, both from an entertainment standpoint and then, um, you know, with the plot line of the season, I'd say that like your guys dynamic was like something like felt really genuine and like very deeper, you know, because it's like, all right, here's two sisters. Like these are family members, you know, trying to um, sort out their differences on national television whereas like you know for example you take someone who like i don't know sent like a, a stupid snapchat or i don't know what what was the someone had like a really like stupid reason as to why they were bad bloods and uh, it might have been like jordan and uh or oh, yeah honestly i really would not be able to recall that you know and honestly a lot of that season i would say besides like the general idea that i have of it like looking back and i know that your brain does this when you experience like traumatic incidences it almost like won't let you recall it and i know that we were also drinking like completely you know on like just nowhere near the amount that you should be drinking your brain is actually you know transforming when you're drinking every day like that so, you know, I really couldn't even recall whatever drama that those people had in the house. I will say that, you know, what that they had showed in the storylines that had consisted that they showed on TV it was so much more interesting what went on in the house. Like what they showed, it was just, you know, they the story editors, I don't know what they had going on there. Yeah. That seems to be a recurring pattern, too. I mean, I chatted with uh, one of your other previous cast members, um, Anika. She uh, said that a few of her... Um, you know, tiffs were left off the uh, cutting floor, if you'd call it that. Um, uh, they had 24 hours of footage, you know, seven days a week for two months straight. And, you know, what they're so many of the times I'm watching myself with the audience because a lot of it is, you know, they're going to do with the footage, which best fits whatever storyline that they have going on, you know the, the storylines that they had in the house, you know, there's just so much else going on. You know, if you're living with 14 people and I say, you know, just those 14 people, just imagine the cast member or not the cast members, the people that are recording you, um, you know, I can't even think of the name right now, but, um, the cast is that no, we're the cast. What are the people that are the, the ones that are recording? Uh, the, 
the production crew. Yeah, like the production crew. Like you're in the house with, you know, minimum 25 people like all the time. There's just a lot going on. There's so much going on. Yeah. And that, that's what I said. There were so many moving parts that it was very hard for, you know, fans to get invested in one storyline if like there's so many like 14 people in a house at one time is just like it's it's really unrealistic to think that like every single cast member there is going to get like either the equal amount or the proper amount of shine as a cast member yeah it was you know i don't want to say that we got jacked in that season but i mean we watched it and we're like this this is what you got out of what we gave you you know but there are some nights where i just remember you know, I'm like, how are they going to fit this all in one season? And it's like, they're not. <laughs> they're not. It was just messed up because, like, it wasn't even like they were, you know, transcending anything either. Because, like, three out of the last four seasons, uh, or two out of the last three seasons before that, um, they had done, like, twists where people came in. So, I mean, you know. I mean, it was, you know, we could have had a really monumental season. And, like, looking back, especially, like, what's been going on in our world, you know, we lived literally next to the police station in Chaz, you know, where's the autonomous zone in Seattle, in Capitol Hill, where these people were the first ones to make sure that their police were out because they knew that they caused more problems than, you know, the, the good that they were supposed to achieve. I mean, that is our society and just having the police address everything. And, you know, I'll, I'll get into that, you know, probably down the road if we ever do this again. But, um, you know, we, we were there boycotting the police or, you know, protesting, boycotting, protesting the police four years ago. And, you know, and, and that was pretty significant, you know, and then look, this, they actually separated and got rid of their police. So, you know, defunded the police, but it was just, you know, created their own little town there. And it was, it was their own little town. And we lived in this place in Seattle called Capitol Hill. And I mean, as far as the community, the culture, like the art, you know, there was very few places that actually really wanted to even let us in and film. And, you know, that was something, you know, I would go off camera and, you know, so when it was just yourself and I would get to know the staff at the places that I would frequent and then, you know, ask them, be like, hey, would you mind like if you were to sign this, you know, waiver and allow me and my other cast members to come in here? It was like you had to let them get to know you because the perception of what they have is that you're just going to be, you know, just wild or whatever that they have they just weren't they weren't welcoming and accepting but you know i mean it's always a person by person basis we had met many welcoming and accepting people in seattle yeah and um you know I'll, i'm sure we'll get into that uh the seattle setting in a bit i wanted to ask now um since we were talking about you know the backstory as to why you know you and katrina were paired together for this show i'm curious like where do you and her stand today I mean, Katrina and I, it's as far as hot and cold, but as today, we are not talking. And, you know, a lot of the times for Katrina, I would say it would be more so she wants to say that she doesn't want to talk to me. And for me, I use it as a break because my role in Katrina's life is literally just a caretaker. I'm there for her. I will always, you know, not saying accept her, of course, you know, and be her biggest and number one supporter. Um but I think that she needs to have that breakthrough. And I think a lot of for us when we have this breakthrough is when we feel most alone and, you know, I can't be there for her and support her, you know, she just really needs to have that growing up moment, I guess. So, I mean, I don't think until Katrina is really ready to accept accountability for her actions um, and, you know, things that she said, um, as a person, cause it's just not something that I support. And, um, and I think I, but I'll be right there the moment she's ready to say, I'm sorry, you know, and not even so much as I'm, I don't even care about the sorry that I do. It's more the acknowledgement of her actions and that she wants to be a better person that I know she has it in her to be, cause she is a beautiful person with an incredible heart. It's just, you know, finding healthy ways to process how we feel is so important. And uh, I know growing up, we did not, we weren't taught to find healthy ways to process how we feel. This has been a whole process and, you know, learning for me for the last four years, you know, I say, actually, I think I didn't even, I wouldn't even recognize the word depression. Like I didn't even like saying it. I never, I'm just a naturally happy person. So for me, even, admitting that I was depressed was like huge for me. And I think really, you know, trying to figure out where it started, 
I want to say, you know, it was like a four year depression. I didn't even know I came out of, and it literally came from the real world. It's like your traumas and experiences, but the, the entire situation was really traumatic for me and, you know, never made our relationship any better. That's for sure. You know, uh, I definitely believe that, you know, we're owed at least therapy at the minimum because they brought up all these issues and put us in situations to where, you know, it was not just toxic, but, you know, but without any resolution. So it was, you know, just, I don't know, pouring salt in wounds, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it seemed like, uh, you know, you two kind of, for uh, at least the second half of the season, were kind of off doing your own thing for a while. You know, like, you guys were a bit isolated from the rest of the group. Um, would would you say, like, it was because you guys were, I don't know, just trying to mend your relationship? Or did you not think that in a setting outside of that show you would really get off with uh, the people in that house? I mean, for the first time in our lives, not all our lives, but, you know, since childhood, me and Katrina are put back into a house together. And when you're in that type of situation, like, I look back all the time, like, how did I just, like, go into a restaurant with all of these camera crews and just, like, you know, I love soup, so I just, like, use the example of soup, like, just eat soup by myself with, like, everybody staring because now I have, like, such anxiety about being the center of attention. And, you know, I know that I was able to do it because I had my sister there. And, you know, for us, you know, it was an instant thing. You know, it was like, we are always going to have each other's backs. Like, you know, we're always going to, you know. So it was like, you know, we did have a lot of time to, you know, I wouldn't say that we also isolated ourselves because, you know, we formed friendships and, you know, you're there for two months and people, you know, we had totally separate um, opposite um schedules than the other crews you know I was up at 8 a.m going to the you know grocery store get my breakfast going to the gym you know then going to Sephora doing my makeup coming back taking a nap all before the kids are even up and you know by the time and you know they not saying didn't want to spend any money but you know we had a $300 a week per diem and these they would save their money. And like, for me, we're living in Seattle where your juice and bagel next door is 40 bucks. Like there was no way we were saving money and I just wanted to enjoy the experience. So, um, you know, we would go out more often than they would. They stayed home a lot. And then, you know, when we would come back from the the clubs, from going out at night, you know, I'm getting up at 8 a.m., you know, (laughs) I'm not going to sit. And a lot of that's when a lot of the toxicity and problems and fights would start was when everybody had been out, everybody had been drinking, when they'd stay at home and have nothing to do. And a lot of it, I would just avoid. So, you know, we didn't bond in the moments that, you know, I really, I'm telling you, I'm very huge on energies. And I just, there is a lot of toxicity in that house, a lot of it. So is there anybody you could have potentially seen yourself uh, being friends with outside of that environment? Well, I mean, Kim and I are still friends. Kim, you know, Kim and I are definitely friends. Anika, when you said you did an interview with her, like, I just literally idolize Anika. She is literally Oprah. She is the most amazing, incredible individual, such a strong woman. And, you know, just I love having conversations with her. So, I mean, you we don't talk as often, you know, it's just one of those things that you know, in time, but I'm sure that I can call Anika right now and we can have a two hour conversation easily. She was always there for me. She's an amazing person. A Will, her counterpart, oh my God, like adored that guy. I don't think I would have made it through the house if I didn't have Will to be an ear and somebody for me to talk to. Um, uh, let me see. Or Lana and Jordan, they were a little bit younger, you know, and I'm the kind of person to where, and Lana had a crush on, you know, a few of the guys, yeah, Cass, and, like, you know, even Cass and I were close, and, you know, I would say that Cass and I were probably, you know, we were actually pretty close in the house, and it, you know, kind of made Lana jealous, Um, you know, Theo was also portrayed to be just this, you know, such a nice guy on the show, but Theo was probably the one that picked on me the most, and, you know, as far as welcoming, like, he was the least welcoming in the house, and he never made me feel comfortable around him, um, because he was just mean, he was just, like, flat-out mean, um, T, like, she was, I love T, she was amazing, I really should reach out to her, because she was just a sweetheart, like, had, you know, pure heart, and, you know, you could tell that she had probably been judged and had went through some things because she had that wall up. You know, Jordan and I are, are still friends, but like, you know, we didn't even develop our friendship until basically like the last week or two out of the house when she realized, you know, I think that 
for her too, I don't know what her and Katrina had going on, but Katrina had pretty much fought with everybody in the house before I got there. So Katrina was actually really happy to have me there. And like, you know, that was kind of something that I was afraid that was going to happen. You know, I was always the peacekeeper, like nobody wanted to pay for a maid service. So I was always the one, you know, doing dishes, cleaning up, like, you know, just keeping it normal because they would fight over it instead of doing it. And for me, you know, I would go in my mind and go to my happy place and, you know, just be okay that everybody isn't going to be fighting over this. And, and I was really, you know, one of the older people in the house, you know, I would tell MTV all the time. I was like, you guys gasped the wrong person because they would want, you know, somebody who's going to be petty and, you know, and not even so much as petty, but wants me to be, I'm really overdramatic naturally, but like not in a way that is like self-serving, you know, they would want me to be like, you know, talk, talk about how hard you have it. And like, you know, and I'd be like, well, you know, living in Seattle, I just walked past a woman and her children living on the streets. Like I don't have it hard, you know? So it's like, you're not going to get that out of me. You know, I'm here. I am living in a $50,000 a month loft in Seattle being like catered to, you know, it's not, I don't have it hard. <laughs> You know, I'm blessed. I'm grateful for this. So, mm -hmm. did you like the nightlife in Seattle? Oh my God, yes! The nightlife in Seattle is amazing. It's so much fun, so much fun. Um, I've actually reached out to like a few of the the like venue owners like over the years, and I had a thing for dating DJs, and they were always you know welcome. Yes, please. Whenever you come, please come back. We'll make sure that we can have like you know an appearance set up or something. You know, because a lot, like I said, a lot of the places didn't really, you know, welcome us. So the few that did, we had, they loved us. You know, they developed those relationships with us. They, you know, just really, we got, I love the nightlife. We had many friends that were outside of the cast members. You know, another thing too, is that my sister and I, we had a lot of friends outside of the, the house. You know, it wasn't, we weren't just making relationships with the cast members in the house. It was other people as well. So you got to go on uh, any bar appearances post-show? Uh, you know what? I never actually went back to the city of Seattle, but, you know, I reached out and would be well recepted if I chose to do that. I, like I said, I've been on a mission the last four years. Like I've lived in these terrible, you know, conditions in Florida during the summertime because I know that I need to put in the work that it takes in order to get where I need to go. So as much as I'd love to go visit Seattle, um, just a little bit longer. But actually, my business partner is really funny, too. Um, for one of my, my So Good Farms ventures, one of my business partners was actually a PA on the show. So, you know, it was still, it's just blessing my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about some of your, um, you know, dynamics a little more, though, of course. Um, so we kind of saw, like, one of the bigger storylines of the season kind of snowball towards the end with, obviously, you know, we had the whole incident with, uh, you know, Jen and then Peter, of course. I want to, like, kind of bring it back to the beginning because a lot of, like, you know, your problems with Katrina, it seemed like, stemmed from the fact that, like, you know, she would never approve of, like, um, you know, any guy figures that were in your life or something I around who wants to approve of Peter, like, in the kindest way possible, but that guy had a lot of issues, and mainly processing his emotions properly, like, he used alcohol, and didn't know how to communicate, and, you know, properly, so it, it just took it out on other people around them, people do that, especially people who were abused, abuse other people, and it was something that, you know, I had witnessed, and that I had known, and I had recognized, but, I mean, it, it's still traumatic even looking back at it. And even, you know, Peter and I in our relationship currently, you know, I wouldn't call it a relationship, you know, but I will say I just don't like being on bad terms with anybody. And, um, and yeah, that, sorry, I don't even know where we even, are. we repeat the question. Yeah, I was uh, kind of curious because, you know, you, it seemed like Katrina would step in whenever, you know, there was a guy figure in your life. I was curious because we saw how it snowballed with Peter, but I was more curious about what happened in the beginning that made you distance. Okay. Me and Peter talked for two days, literally two days. And they turned that into a six episode romance. I remember when we first watched the episode, we were all in LA and it was all of the cast members and the episodes are being, I think it was, we actually watched it up until the sixth episode. And you know, Jen and Peter were in a full blown relationship, like literally since then. And, um, since the, the second day, you know, I was like, no, 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 my PDR, no, no, no. And like, I encouraged that relationship, like literally encourage it. Cause I was like, you know, I just wanted him to get away from me, you know, but, um, and I just remember watching it and I know it just, 
had to kill Jen because it was the, you know, it made it look and appear as if we were in a relationship and we never were. Um, <clears throat> and also a lot of the editing too, like pretty much everything, I think in order to be able to make it look like more of a relationship, they actually had edited. And this was another thing with edited when I saw the questions, when it was like, are you happy with the editing? You know what? I'm, I'm okay. I'm at peace with the editing. I know for myself, like I'm a great person and put in these situations. If they have to edit me and, you know, and like the person's best actions, me at my worst and totally put it around. And like, you know, a lot of this is out of like the, the time sequence that it happened. Like they actually flipped the entire script. Like when I was like welcoming, like, you know, and it looked like I was like, you know, uh, giving Peter the okay and heads up like it was you know me cutting things off with Pete oh my god it was just it was all the the script was flipped pretty much and they had to do it to make the other people look like decent and like here I am you know still just you know being myself but I don't even know where I got with that what was the question <laughs> no I was curious like how you know you ended up like breaking things off. Was it you, that was that totally your call in breaking it up, or did Katrina have a hand in that? Like, why in the beginning, before all those like kind of uh, outbursts by him, did you? Yeah, it was a creep in the nicest ways possible. Look how he treated Jen. Like red flag. Like you know that's that didn't come out, and I you know recognized that pretty quickly off the bat. You know he had spoken to me one night like that, and I was like, oh, and he wanted to fight and do the same thing, and I was not having it. And then that was the night, like literally that night when he tried to do his like fighting thing that he would always do with Jen, like with me, like literally the second night. Oh, you know what? You're actually making me recall this back too. But yeah. And you know, there's just another thing too, is like, you know, the day that it, you know, me and Katrina, it looks like we're having a heartfelt moment over Peter. We are losing a loved one. Like we literally had lost somebody that was, you know, basically in our family and, you know, we just kind of kept to ourselves. And then I think Peter was like mad about that and couldn't even comprehend as to why I would want to lean on my sister in that moment and then tried to start a fight with me and then was like kissing Jen in the, in the confessional. And I, like that all happened the same night. And so I was like, uh, hey, hey, you guys go for it. You know, like, I'm like actually really excited about this. Like, you know, I want nothing to do with you. Like, go ahead. And then like the next day was like when we had that, like, you know, breakup talk, you know, breakup talk. And I was just telling him like, you know, kind of, you just didn't even see, he just didn't even get it. I was like talking to a wall. And so I know too, because like watching the script and editing back, like we're all there. We all know when that happened. And Jen was there too. And here he is, you know, trying to salvage whatever the two day relationship we had like, you know, she knew right then and there that like, you know, she was like his next option. Like, and I never wanted anything really to even do with Peter at the beginning. Like, and I know it may have seemed more than that, but you know, it was a stressful moment. Like we were coming in, you know, we were literally in like an RV and like van that we had, you know, it was no tricked out van either. Like you'd assume that MTV would put you in. It was, you know, when we had got there, I think there was like four beds in the, in the van and you know, two of the guys had taken both queen beds. So Cassius and Will had taken two queen beds. So there was two twin beds left and one queen. So like, you know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, Lana and Kim took the two queen beds or two twin beds and there's one queen bed left. So it was like, you know, Peter, Jen and I were like basically left to stay in the bed together. And it was like the first night, like we, you know, we just stayed up talking. Like it was just, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Mike was his counterpart. Peter had already been on some reality TV show before like you know it was just me kind of getting like you know what's going on and it was clear and evident and this has kind of happened a lot of my life you know like guys they just come on like way too strong way too fast and like you know as far as myself not even saying not know how to slow it down but like I you know I was just in a situation to where I did not feel in control over and I think I allowed somebody else to take control of that situation you know I can't even remember really looking back but I remember even like the whole kissing scene outside that was like the only time I ever kissed him and I felt pressured like the entire moment I was you know like in a corner on our stoop and it was just you know there's there's nothing good about that I wouldn't even call it a relationship you know I'd call it literally escaping the grasp from an abusive man is what you witnessed yeah and you had that kind of uh 
moment of the season in a way that like got the whole house shook up with the uh <laughs> a lot of fans still uh you know google search yeah literally google search the, the google search heard around world we'll call it oh that. my god and you know what because like now i do coding and like i cannot tell you how many times they say in the real world and the google is your best friend and i'm over here just like do you guys like want to torture me <laughs> like <laughs> Like, I can't even imagine, you know, I looking back at it, even the fact that I, you know, was trying, that was a two week fight. And I knew that Jen just wanted anything to fight with me because she had so much pent up aggression. Like it was clear, you know, that the feelings that she felt towards me, you know, she wanted something from Peter that he was incapable of giving her. And I think it was just, you know, he wanted to be with me and, you know, taking it out on Jen. And like the whole structure of it was just so unhealthy, so incredibly toxic. And they were looking for any outlet, even an outlet to the fact that we have a community computer and I'm literally a Google search. I had nothing to do with anybody. I'm pretty sure they went through the Google history. It wasn't like I left it up on screen either. I would never leave something up like that on screen. Like, you know, so it was just, they were looking for something like, and you know, they're going to even, even to take that personally, you know, that says way more about you in the situation than it does me. You know, if you're going to see a search and then take it that offensively, like that says that you have the problem, you identify with it. And, you know, I will stick to at the end of the day, like, you know, I mean, even speaking to me, I'm sure you see that I like to be educated about what I'm speaking upon. And if I'm going to, you know, if I'm in a situation that I'm pretty sure this is what it is, I'm going to look up. So I have these like facts to identify and like confirm these strong feelings that I'm having. So, you know, domestic abuse, verbal, uh, it was clear with like the MTV sign, the, you know, afterwards, the hotline abuse, uh, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, I still even think that, you know, I don't even want to say I'm the victim at the end of the day, but like, you know, even the fact, like even where we were standing was like our closet area where I could not get past her. That was 45 minutes of Jen not letting me go to sleep and get past her because she just wanted to reiterate over and over again, why did you Google search it? And I'm repeating why I'm Google searching it to her and she's not accepting my answer. Like the whole, you know, to say that was abusive would be like the minimum, like even the producers like didn't even for a second, like, you know, even question as to whether or not I'm getting off the show, because I'm sure looking back at the footage, you could see that, like, I literally just wanted to walk past her and go to my room. And like, also, I will say that, like, I am such a mirror of other people. Like, I will, you know, I feel so like so much that like I literally give you what you want in a way and those are mirror neurons it's something that we all do which is a human phenomenon and like you know to say that even you know but I was out of my mind you know pushing Jen but I think that that's exactly what I, I gave her what she wanted from me to where she was you know going because I mean I, even to even go there and say because I'm not a physical fighting person in my entire life like that you know even to have that up there as like you know the main segment part of like you know even on TV in a moment that you have to relive. And I think it speaks for itself that she wanted that moment more than I, because, you know, she has reposted it on Twitter. Like my aunt was involved, you know, and as far as like the Twitter drama afterwards and like keeping up with the cast members and what was going on. And she is still so furious with Jen because like over the years, it's like the proudest moment that she can look back on. Like, this is something that she's proud of. And, you know, as far as, you know, people, and when they're in relationships, they attract each other. You know, there's a reason why these people are together. You're not just there because, you know, you guys are mere reflections of one another. Jen herself is not, not saying a victim, you know, yeah, she may have just let him yell at her and stuff, but she, you know, herself, they're not all there in the kindest way. They're very hurt people. You know, they're, they've obviously been traumatized. Like I said, abused people abuse so i'm sure that they were abused at their time but they were absolutely abusive so was that google search was that you trying to you know convey or send a message as to that was what you thought was taking place was that domestic verbal abuse or was that just trying to get under his skin absolutely not there was nothing that i did to try to get underneath anybody's skin you know on i actually thought that she needed a friend you know in those moments of time and like like i said it was a google search i wasn't expecting somebody to go out of their way and literally take it as offensively as she did you know go away go out of their way to look up the the history and then take it you know and then for them to, i would never even assumed in a world of like 
like actual, you know, sane people to even take it offensively in that way towards themselves. Um, I think that the fact that she did says, you know, wh how prevalent it was and how the truth behind it. Um, you know, this was, it was just, like I said, me educating myself. If I had my cell phone, nobody would have ever known. You know, I, if I'm going to speak on something, I want to be educated on the subject. And like I said, I had a heavy hunch that this is what was going on. And I needed like that confirmation from another source, you know, that was viable, you know, to, to just agree with me you know to confirm that this is what i'm experiencing so absolutely not I, the last thing i wanted to do is get underneath anybody's skin and you know for two weeks she, they were looking for an excuse to fight with me for anything and that's all she could find and we saw it obviously we you just alluded to it before you know with the big push scene of course um you you don't feel like uh, you and her would have been fine had peter not been there I'm sure, you know, absolutely, because I don't think that he would have, you know, been that one in the rift. You know, I think that we were talking about before about comparing ourselves to other people. I think that when you aren't self-loving, you know, when it was very evident that Jen had an extreme issue loving herself, you feel like others, you know, you feel, you feel like you do have to compare yourself to other people. And it's unfair to compare yourself to other people, especially it's unfair to compare yourself to me. You know, I'm naturally just like a super athletic person. You know, I don't it's, you know, I'm naturally really happy. I'm, you know, it's, it comes, the center of attention comes to me. It's not anything that I seek. And I think that people who want this and it comes naturally for other people, it could get under their skin. So, you know, usually people, and like, I'm somebody who likes to build other people up. I would never want to bake anybody down. I think that that's like a sad person who does that. So for, Jen and I definitely do think would have been friends because I think we would have had a completely different relationship. I think that she would have learned from me. And I think that, I, you know, I would have even had the opportunity to build her up. Um, you know, I mean, you even saw when it was like braiding the hair that she took it, um, you know, Peter took it offensively. And that was pretty much the only moments that we would even have together was, you know, the, these moments that I, you know, that's it. Yeah. Um, do you think a lot of that anger maybe stemmed because you feel like he wanted you not? Jen? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it became evident. You know, I think it was evident the entire time, you know, that it was, you know, he would have preferred to be with me and it got under her skin and like, you know, it just it wasn't the right person for her. They're not together today. You know, it's just because we were put in that house and they both wanted somebody to be there for each other. And I think that they were just there for each other in ways that were not, that were negative. So did you get the option to send her home after she had pushed you or? I mean, I honestly can not even recall, but I remember, you know, that they asked, you know, are you willing to sit down and have a talk and discussion with Jen? Because, you know, it was pretty clear that they didn't want to put us back in the house together if we were going to have that type of animosity towards one another. And, you know, it was never a question as to whether or not send me home, regardless of who put their hands on another or not. You know, this was very aggressive situation that like i said went on for 45 minutes even though it may only be for a few moments of me please begging her pretty much to let me just go to my room and go to sleep and you know giving her the same response over and over again that she was unwilling to take and you know my story never changed the entire time because it was the absolute truth and um i forgot what the question was again oh um yeah yeah um was going to send her home and i mean like i said i wanted her to have this experience you know peter was going to go home regardless you know that was you know it was complete total instigator in the situation he should have went home you know weeks before that because he was just you know the yelling scenes and abuse, that's what he did every night and like that is you know it was just nobody wanted him around the cast member or the the production crew the cast members like he wasn't like a welcomed person in the house and I think that that was evident through the projection of what he had placed onto, you know, me and my sister was nobody wants you here, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, he's not, you know, he's not wrong, but it's him. You know, nobody wants me here and blah. And that's what, you know, narcissistic troubled people do is they place projections onto other people. Yeah. You, I'm. You, I was welcome arms the entire time to Jen. You know, I was forgiving from the moment that, you know, that happened because I knew that she had all this pent up and I'm always the person anyways. I always not saying it gets the shit end of the stick, but 
you know, I'm so blessed, like within all that I have around me and my abilities, because I could be the bigger person. So it was, you know, I, I never for a moment had any animosity, even still to this day, I don't have any animosity towards her. And I can even tell you how many talks that we had afterwards where it was, you know, she forgave me and stuff, but then still will repost that, you know, video or, you know, or clip of her pushing me, you know, and it's just, you know, it's clear that she doesn't. And when you hold resentment in your heart it's you're, you're drinking poison expecting somebody else to die like I don't have any of that and I you know it's, it's evident that she does did that push contribute to any of the traumatic experiences you've you know been feeling post-show at all or was that not one of them I mean, oh God, how can you say that that push wasn't, you know, traumatic? But I do want to say it was probably one of the least traumatic experiences that I had to deal with on that TV show. Like, and, um, you know, it's just the whole overall situation of being on TV. Um, you know, the producers, I can't even tell you, you know, the casting process of, you know, I can't even tell you how many times they asked, am I going to go on the show with my sister? And every single time it was like a sure look you in the eye response, like absolutely not. You know, they will lie to you. And when you are lied, and I'm just somebody that takes everything as face value. If you're telling me something, I'm going to believe it because that's just, you know, literally what normal people do and think. I'm not saying I'm normal, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm not going to expect or assume somebody's lying. I think that's something that a liar would have, you know, just assume that, you know, but, you know, naive, absolutely. Like, and I think, you know, somebody with a good heart who's naive and is being placed in these situations where you know you're it's not what you ever think it is and it's not what you expect that's just at the bare minimum of you know the trauma but there for me I've always been somebody who's controlled the situations that I've placed myself in and a lot of those situations it's at somebody else's control and um I mean even down to like the while we are filming like I said before you know walking around with cameras in a public setting and especially in a city that you know the people aren't really receptive of you because of their tight-knit culture and like what they believe of the mainstream media and what produces in the world and you know and everybody in their own way will want their own little like tidbit on television so there's just a lot of times that like you know it was just people screaming things and like I say that it was almost like you're treated like animals like you know in a cage like there's a lot for the first I was always a very independent person and you had to ask somebody if you wanted permission to open up the front door and like you know oh because I want to see what the weather's like outside so I know how to dress and like constantly explaining yourself was something that I wasn't even used to doing so like I had to like retrain myself and like you could see it was evident within our behaviors of like getting off the show like my sister and I would like whisper to each other and there'd be nobody else around and like you know just those things that like I never thought people would pull out their cell phones and I'm assuming that they're videotaping me and um yeah so yeah <laughs> was was the show the first time that you felt this way um uh, yeah there's no other you know no other way that you could other situation that you can even begin to compare it to you know I, I will say like what I took away the most which I'm so grateful for like I'm incredibly grateful for that entire experience and like I always take everything that happens to me as like totally fate absolutely meant to be and like I learned from my situations and I'm able to empathize with other people who may have been in similar ones um what was the question yeah I was asking like um was tv your experience there the first time you had those kinds of emotions um yeah and I think if you know I had them before they were absolutely amplified then and I think a lot of the time especially like traumatic situations like when it's happening to you like you don't even realize how traumatic it actually is it's almost like looking back and like wow like you know I can't even believe I had the strength to be able to get through it so, um, and then, you know, even being in there, cause you know, the, for the majority of the time it was a, a blessing, you know, this experience was one of a kind and just absolutely amazing. Like we have to live in a $50,000 a month loft and for the most part, get to know some incredible people and, you know, given some situations and that, you know, most people would never even be placed in. And yeah, you know, with the good, always there's going to be the people who are little stinkers and, you know, throw their, their hate in a way or another, but you know, I'm okay. And it's easy for me to rise above it. I think afterwards, you know, um, being on a public national platform and being subjected to the thoughts and opinions of others were harder on my sister than it was me. But, you know, there are situations like I, you know, 
went to the gas station and I, you know, I, I Googled my name and on Twitter and real world. And it was like something that was like, I felt compelled to do at that moment. It wasn't, you know, you know, something that I did constantly. And it was like an hour before that somebody had seen me at the gas station. And I was just like, you know, if you Googled my name, my address came up and like, I never really felt safe. So, you know, I just felt like, you know, I just really just wanted to like, not saying that necessarily start over, but like, I didn't want to be known for this whatsoever. I mean, you know, like I said, I just feel like I have so much more substance in my character and I'm going to do such greater things at like this time in my life when, you know, really, truly, honestly, I was there for my sister and doing so. Like I, the first thing I said to my sister is if you don't want me to be here, like I will go home. And the first thing, you know, she was grateful and thankful to have me there. And it kind of resorted back to the childhood where, you know, I'm just there supporting Katrina the whole time. And, you know, yeah. And um, I'm curious, too, and I think a lot of people are as well listening that are going to be listening to this because um, they would probably agree in the aspect of like you and your sister were um, one of the or two of the more, you know, memorable or, um, you know, ones that provided substance to that season. Why we didn't see well you on a challenge or either of you, for that matter, were there any um, you know close calls? Um, I mean, yeah, it was one of those things to where, like, you know, having to put myself back on um, television, uh, I just couldn't even try to even get myself in the mind frame. Like, how am I going to go sleep next to, you know, other strangers in bunk beds and be subjected to where, like, they can actually physically throw me around? And, like, you know, I'm somebody like I said, if you have like inner demons, like I am somebody who's going to get you're just going to not most people good people really really receive me well but those who have things that they need to work through I don't and you know who aren't okay with themselves I rub them a completely other way and um there's just you know some of the older cast members like a gem I believe I don't even really want to say their names and like think that I'm giving them any type of spotlight but you know these are people who are just like negative you know and are hating on you know for somebody who came through the same platform that you're coming through for no reason necessarily other than you just have nothing else better to do and like I just didn't want to be in a house with people who didn't have anything else better to do than this and it was another it was a huge problem for my sister because you know she really wanted she thought that the real world is going to be a completely other you know different story of how it was turned out like you know Katrina thought she was going to be famous from this and you know, unfortunately for her, that wasn't the case. And a lot of the dynamic that we had, they really liked us together. And, you know, I, I really just couldn't bring myself after really, you know, digesting what I went through, putting myself back out there again. Um, I think that if I were to want to go on a challenge, I think that, you know, I'd be well received. And I think that if I actually put a little bit of effort behind it, because there was like other TV shows that they had, you know, interest in my sister and I being on that I was okay. You're like, okay, I would consider this because I don't think I'm putting myself in that vulnerable of situation. Um, but like, you know, it was just even putting myself on camera and, you know, giving them the, the casting tape that they wanted. I just really could not bring myself to do it. And I think because so many people receive you differently, you know, a lot of people, especially those who watch reality television, you know, it's an escape from their own lives and all they know how to relate to and you is what they see in themselves. So it's, you know, this dynamic where a lot of people are just self-projecting their own issues onto you. And, you know, for the most part, I mean, I'm telling you, I actually got a lot of, I was received pretty well, you know, and I think that actually bothered Katrina more because people would say, you know, you are like the only sane person in a sea of crazy. And like, this is, and it would bother Katrina. And, um, you know, I had a lot of people reach out over like the incidents of speaking up for Jen when they felt like a lot of other people were just kind of, you know, ignoring it. And that's what happened in that house. You know, you kind of just kept your nose down and ignored what was going on. And like, it was just one of those things where it was like, come on, like, we can't, you know, like who, like, come on, like not saying we can't even sleep in the house, but like, come on security. Like you already know that these guys, like these people in the house would fight over the amount of pizza rolls they had at 3.30 in the morning. Like, petty fights and security would be out there for it. But this guy can yell at a girl for hours on end and, like, nobody's present. And, like, I think it makes a huge difference when you have a guy there, like, to make sure that you're checked, you know? Like, you're going to think... But it was almost for Peter, it was, like, a stage for him. And, like, his... Um, he really wanted to be able to have that attention. And I think a lot of the times, like, the, the cameras fed that attention. So I don't blame MTV in the same way because the producers were only making their, their best 
you know, judgment decision. But, you know, when he got the cameras out on him and they were, you know, right in his face, he loved it. So it was, you know, maybe they just didn't want to encourage him. I don't know. But I had a lot of people that reached out and they were like, you know, I can't even tell you how many different times people just walked past me or, you know, my loved one being abused and see you standing up, like, you know, knowing that there was help on the way, like really, like they were just thankful for it. So, and I was thankful for that too. Did you think that there was a lot of people on your season that were, you know, acting differently for the cameras? You know, I think everybody in a way, I would say, you know, Anika was true to herself. Will was true to himself. Um, you know, Kim was true to herself. A lot of the other people were okay with having like, you know, it's like they, it's same thing like Katrina. They had this what perception of how they're going to be perceived in their mind and almost like this character. And, you know, I'm so authentically me. I don't know how to be any other way. And, um, so yeah, absolutely. I think that people had it in their minds and you know who they were going to play in the role, especially Mike. Like Mike is a friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in years, but I still know that like Mike, we could chill and it would have we'd have a fun time. But like King of just like you know, this just he thinks he's the master of every situation. You know, he thinks he's this mastermind that's this ploy and creating things, but he's really not. So how many challenges, uh, you know, did you get called for? Oh, well, I think that they were going to have like a bloodlines challenge. And um, so it was that one, obviously, you know, I don't think they would do a bloodlines without us. Um, and then I can't even remember because it was so long ago. But I will say that Facile, Fassi, do you know who he is on the challenger? Yeah. So I knew Fassi before he had even done Big Brother. I told him it would be a good idea for him to do Big Brother. And after Big Brother, I was like, you got to hit up the girl with the challenges. So I, I passed on along the information to him for the girl with the challenges. And I, you know, I actually don't watch the challenges, but I think he's doing pretty well. Um, yeah, no, I know he's on his third season. So, um, but I don't know his character, like if he's a good competitor. I'm sure he is because he's a big guy, you know. But um, I will take credit for that. <laughs> yeah, he owes you his paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the challenge that you're referring to was supposed to be the second edition of Bloodlines, and then they ended up changing the format to Vendetta. They changed it like last minute, yeah, because my so, sister was really excited about it. So you two were slated to be on that then before the change? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Marie and her sister as well. Because Marie is one of my good friends. I love Marie. I adore Marie. I think that as far as somebody who is like most like me, it's Marie for sure. And then also Abram is a is a good friend of mine um, in business. Like he's really helped me out like tremendously. Wow. He introduced me to like one of, you know, one of my biggest supporters, um, you know, a woman from Silicon Valley who just, I mean, extremely believes in me. Couldn't be any more thankful for that. We met in Montana um, actually last year around this time. So, um, and I know Car Marie hated that. And, um, Kayla was friends with my sister before they both ever went on TV. They were both all from the same area. So, um, Kayla, I'm friends with Kayla's ex-boyfriend, Mikey. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. I had him on before. Oh, amazing. Yeah. No, Mikey's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. I've had Mikey. I've had Abram, uh, Cara has been on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was curious there. I did run into... A thing that said that you and Kara a few years ago had like some little uh, social media tiff. What was that all about? Well, so before, you know, like I said, I was supposed to go on the show Road Rules. Before, um, you know, I went on, I reached out. The I remember the first episode I watched, it was Abram. And like, and this was years ago, you know, I'm going back to like my 14 year old self. And I remember watching it and like he always just like stuck with me. And so, as you know, I heard I was going to go on Road Rules, I reached out to him, let him know I was going on the show. No response, anything, you know, go on the show world afterwards. I guess, you know, he had responded to my social media in that time. He was like, that's so crazy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Abram and I, like I said now, like Abram has been a very positive influence in my life as far as, you know, I'm working creating So Good Farms and a large part of So Good Farms is hemp. And, you know, I've been an advocate of hemp for like the last two and a half years. Like I said, the PA on the show, Nahale is one of my business partners. It was so, you know, it's, it's funny how everything works and I know it all happened for a reason, 
Um, and I just think same thing. Cara Marie is just one of those people. I don't think that she's really okay with herself. You know, it's those people that just really, truly it's self love at the end of the day. And when you love yourself so much, nobody else's opinion matters of you. And I think you compare yourself to other people. And I think within comparing yourself to other people, you may possibly feel threatened. And I think that that's exactly what happened with Cara. She just felt threatened. But I would be friends with Kara. I liked Kara. You know, it's just people just hate on me because they feel threatened. And those are the type of people. And, you know, MTV has a knack for putting these type of people because they are entertaining. <laughs> so so you, don't, uh, you don't see or would you see yourself going on the challenge now if given the opportunity? If it worked out in my life and, like, the timing was okay, I think that I am mentally, emotionally, physically strong enough to be able to go on a challenge and, um, you know, I think that if it got too much, I would just remove myself. I think that now I would have a frame of mind where I was knowing what I was going into. So I wouldn't be as gullible as I was before. And, um, and I think it would be another, you know, a good experience for me, you know, cause I, the rearwood was an amazing experience. You know, like I say, it really was the most traumatic I've ever been through in my entire life, but you know, that's, that's, I'm very blessed that that is the most trauma I've ever been through in my entire life. And, um, so I just don't think I'd have the same mindset coming in. I've had a lot of growth since then as well. So it'd be kind of nice to get some uh, real world blood back on this challenge now with uh, kind of how they're taking a little bit of a different step in the uh, casting department with uh, shows they're pulling from. What uh, what is like maybe your stance on how they're pulling from uh, different shows now outside of the network? Um, you know, I didn't even really ever have a stance, so I guess I'm going to have to think about that. Let me take a sip of water. Mm. I mean, it makes sense. That they, it does. Yeah, I think it makes sense, especially with, like, the ratings. I know that they were low. So by having, um, you know, pulling from other networks and having those core members that people wish to follow on you know a beloved tv show like the challenges i think that it's a good idea there was like some rumor floating around that like uh this season that's about to air in a couple weeks that jordan from your season almost ended up on it which came completely out of left field because i don't even know if she you know was called for any of the ones straight off of uh your guys season you know i have no idea I would have to check with her and see, you know, I mean, she's a beautiful girl. She's a model. She's killing it out. And uh, I can't even, I want to say she's in California now, but um, yeah, and she's a sweet girl. She was made for television. It would be a no brainer to put Jordan on the TV show. So, did, uh, did you get any other opportunities outside of television um, after doing the shows or like directly related to real world? Like after real world, did you get any opportunities like outside of um, television? Uh, like you mean like television opportunities or like no. just like acting anything like that well i you know i've never been one to be a model or like television or acting you know so it wasn't anything that kind of sought its way out but you know like i said even just having like abram you know introduce me to somebody who's been pretty life-changing you know nahale being a pa on that show who's now like one of my like business partners in a hemp venture that's going to like actually change the world i'll talk to you a little bit about hemp if you want you know you got a few minutes yeah yeah shoot go ahead you know anything about hemp no <laughs> we'll get ready for this okay that, yeah because really truly this is our current state of economy everything could literally change within embracing hemp mm. oh, do you see my dog right now yeah. <laughs> and call her my raccoon. Um, so hemp is the only crop that can provide your food, your clothing, your shelter, and your healing. And within our food, it's a superfood, you know, working in genetics. I worked in many doctors' offices and, you know, across every field of medicine, they'll tell you that your diet is your most important. It's your essential amino acids. Um, it's, it's your vitamins, your proteins. So it's really important to be able to have that. As far as clothing, it is naturally antimicrobial and antibacterial. It takes like a fraction of the water that cotton would use and cotton holds, a, you know, a huge amount of our world's pesticides. Can you hear me because of the TV or is that making, okay. Um, as far as our shelter, uh, you know, using it for homes, it is 
mold resistant, fire resistant, which is huge right now in, you know, California and where everybody's being affected by wildfires. And um, you can replace many different industries like, you know, steel. It's 10 times stronger than steel. Uh, you can replace diesel fuel with it. And, you know, it grows like a weed. You can you can place the entire paper industry with hemp. You, if you just had 1% of our farmland, you transform them to hemp, you could literally replace the entire paper industry. What you can have in one acre in 20 weeks of hemp would be the equivalent to four acres in 20 years of paper. And, um, you know, when you plant one ton of, carb or of hemp, you have 1.6 tons of carbon absorption, which right now we need to absorb as much carbon as we possibly can. Um, it, you know, re-nourishes the soil, which a lot of our farming practices have completely eroded our soil. And, you know, these industries, our clothing industry, our transportation industry, our construction industry, these are so incredibly wasteful in the world that we live that it would just make more sense in order to be able to embrace hemp it literally grows like a weed and that's why i emphasize the importance of processing you know it has literally over a hundred thousand different usages we wrote our declaration of independence on hemp it used to be a law in the 1700s that you had to be able to grow hemp and pay your taxes in it if you look back at us and our american culture and our military it is literally because we had grown hemp and embraced it and you know so many industries would not be you know i wouldn't say thriving you know but like oil would not exist plastic would not exist you know paper in that industry you know even you can replace carbon fiber with it it's just lithium batteries hemp is a more better solution than lithium batteries so the, they would not exist if we did not embrace hemp so i knew it had to be processing centers and another really important thing to me you know is so good farms finding a place for those with special needs you know we have one out of 50 people who are being born with autism we have you know going at a rate like we've never seen before and their life expectancy is so much higher or so much you know they they're expected their life expectancy, if their family members don't take care of them, they pretty much are, I don't want to say being killed in society, but it's, they're living longer only because of their family members are taking care of them. You know, only a third of them actually have access to the resources that they need to survive. And, you know, those with autism are the geniuses of our society. It's just we're placing these labels on them and not giving them situations where we can flourish. I mean, this, you know, is within everything else in our society. So we um, really need to be able to embrace hemp and by So Good Farms being a live, work, play, agrihood community for adults with special needs and you know partnering with Biofiber Industries, which is Nahale's company that he founded. Um, and you know he also founded Minority Hemp Builders Association. It just makes most sense to be able to embrace hemp and allow and just meet all of our needs most efficiently pretty much without harming the earth within doing so and a lot of these industries we have no none of this domestic manufacturing infrastructure this is everything that we source out to other countries so it's like really important to ourselves that we do this or build it create it because i'm telling you like they think inflation is a thing and it's like nobody's making our products anymore you know this thing that we call money that we you know all like fantasize over we need it's not money is going to be the answer it's you know giving people the education and tools to be able to meet to the people's needs most efficiently we all need the same thing you know it's like all need the same thing to live and they've kept us from this and they've had other people be biased and against it and keep other people from from doing it so i'm doing it we are doing it and yeah well, it seems like uh, you got everything uh, that you're working on, like, very down pat, and uh, it's clear what you're aiming towards. Yeah, I um, couldn't agree more. Well, uh, thank you again for uh, taking the time to do this today and giving me your time. It was a uh, pleasure meeting you, pleasure doing this, and, um, you know, maybe it was a bit of fun going back on memory lane, just a tad, right? Yeah, no, this was actually a really enjoyable experience for me, and I'm, like, really glad that I did it. Like, okay. really glad. Well, thank you again, and I'll you know, uh, once it's up. Yes, please. Thank you. Bye, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you.